welcome to Life and Business in Flow. I'm your host and the mentor to creatives, Kate Adamo. I created this podcast to share about the challenges in my life that led me to running a proactive and sustainable business on my terms. I've always been guided by my intuition and what feels right, and I've never done what they say you should do. I've always done it my way and with authenticity. We'll talk life, health, boundaries, business, brand, finances, worth, and everything in between. Because when we get clear on the foundations and value ourselves, we create not only a sustainable business, but a life that flows. And I want that for you. Thank you for being here. It means the world to me. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Life and Business in Flow, the podcast. I am so excited that it's finally here. It's been a really long time coming. I actually planned to launch the podcast probably about 18 months ago. And then the pandemic hit. I wasn't feeling really comfortable with my brand. I wanted to go back and relook at it, rework it. And uh, I launched that towards the end of last year. And there was also an impromptu interstate move uh, in the middle of that as well. So I pressed pause because I wanted to give myself the space and the time to do it really well. So what am I here to do? Why have I started this podcast? For those of you that don't know me or aren't following along on Instagram as yet, I'm a business mentor that supports women and a few guys in the creative industry. I'm someone that works really holistically because what's happening with you and at home can have such a big impact on your business. So my goal is to help business owners create sustainable lives and businesses and for it to be easier. Since launching my business in 2017, I noticed a growing trend of women feeling overwhelmed, like they'd lost themselves and sometimes even felt a little bit like they were failing. They weren't as clear on where they were going. Their systems were a little messy or just didn't have structure. And and I've just seen so many challenges around women's health that they and they're feeling undervalued. They're scared to charge scared to say no and having no boundaries and really unsure of their services. And while none of this is their fault and they're all absolutely doing, you know, the best that they can with what they know, sometimes we don't know what we don't know in business. So this is where I like to come in and, um, you know, really make a change in my clients' lives. And from what I've seen by supporting and guiding these women to clarity around their brand and offerings, pricing, home life, self-worth, process, finances, all the things and creating more structure, I've seen huge shifts in their confidence, happiness and having time back and an improved home life and relationships. So creating a sustainable business and life is available to everyone. It just takes a little work, a few tweaks and most importantly, learning how to say no. So this is something I'm so incredibly passionate about and I've seen so many women suffering alone in their business and it doesn't have to be this way. I would also like this podcast to open the conversation around women's health and the effects that it has on business because there are so many areas around life and health and business that I plan on discussing. It's not just my story, but the story of others that I think will add value to you. Before I delve into any of these things in, in you know upcoming episodes, I want you to get to know me. I would like to share a little of my story with you so you have a better understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing and um, just a little bit about my career to date to get to this point and everything that's led me to becoming the mentor that I am today. So who am I? Well, I'm a country girl that grew up on a dairy farm and thoroughbred stud in southeast Queensland. And I have no doubt that the challenges that we faced on the farm with the workload and horrible droughts have shaped who I am as a business owner. I grew up watching mum and dad work for themselves. And from about the age of 18, I knew I would own a business one day, but I had no idea how. And I'm sure it also led me to being the planner that I am today. 
when I was growing up, we only went into town once or twice a week at best, sometimes maybe every few weeks. And that really teaches you a thing or two about forward planning and resourcefulness as there was no grocery store just down the road. I've always been fiercely independent, always someone who's wanted to do it my way. And I bought my first house at 23, you know, always purchased my own vehicles without very little input from my family, not because they didn't want to, simply because I always wanted to do things for myself. After leaving the farm at 19, I had an incredibly varied career. I tried my hand at so many things and I know that experience and exposure has led me to where I am today. I started out working in admin and retail and even at a racing stable, um, getting up at 3.45 a.m. six days a week, working long days on a Saturday and also on top of that, juggling a retail job in the afternoons a few days a week and modeling and promotional work on the weekends. I was working three jobs just to get ahead at 19. And at 20, I decided that I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And it was time to, I guess, get a real job. So I decided to find a career and I applied to be a sales trainee at a local motor dealership. I had a bit of a love for cars back then. They had 50 applicants for the role and I was one of the two applicants selected. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it as most of the other applicants were guys. And I spent five years in the motor industry, working long hours, breaking down stereotypes of one of only two women selling cars in our country town and was often mistaken for the receptionist or asked if I could get one of the boys. Big mistake. (laughs) To say that my blood boiled and those comments only spurred me on to be better is an understatement. So much so that I had to work twice as hard as the other four sales trainees in our yard and my product knowledge had to be sharp. I was often asked questions, especially when I was working in the used car yard by older guys, and they'd ask a question and follow it with, but you probably wouldn't know. And I just remember one day, and I can't remember the exact specifics of the story, but he asked me about a particular type of bull bar on this used four-wheel drive and what other options you could get. And to his surprise, I sprouted out about polished and chrome and all the different versions. I can't remember what they are now because it was just nearly 20 years ago. But I just remember looking at him when his jaw dropped and he had he just had no idea that I knew what I knew. And I loved that. I loved shocking people. One month, our boss set a challenge of first to 20 deals in the month would receive a bonus. None of us had gotten anywhere near 20 deals before, and the task felt incredibly overwhelming. I got to work, and you know who was the first to hit 20 deals, don't you? The one that had to work twice as hard and smart. And I purchased myself a ring with the bonus to always remind me of that day and that nothing was out of my reach if I just believed it possible. It also taught me a lot about people and reading situations, my five years in the motor industry, and and I guess how to disarm people. Because I can't tell you how many wives I had to win over 20 years ago that weren't comfortable with dealing with a young blonde. And I know that that sounds crazy, you know, in, in this day and age, but that was my reality. And as much as it was challenging and frustrating, I also know that it pushed me to be better and to really give um, both parties in the sales process equal sort of love and, and care and attention. Since somewhere in the course of my early 20s, my health started falling apart. At 22, I had to have a month off with glandular fever and couldn't even shower myself. I was incredibly unwell and just so very weak. And that taught me a lot, I think, but also it taught me that I, now looking back, that I actually didn't listen to my body anywhere near enough at that point in time. I recovered and bought my first house a year later and continued working about 55 hours a week at the dealership. Um, There was no RDOs then, it was six days a week. And I often spent Sundays traveling around watching my brothers play footy and even helped in the canteen or raising money, as well as renovating my little house and trying to have a social life in the small gaps that were left in the week. Five years in the motor industry and I knew I needed a change and jumped over to work for a franchised home builder. I loved construction, drawing plans 
helping clients select their land and seeing families' dream homes come together. A couple of years in and the GFC hit and I was made redundant. While I was gutted at the time, it was a blessing in disguise as the toxic workplace and working for my masculine energy weren't serving me. I made a very random jump from there to spend my days in high-vis and steel cap boots as an account sales manager at a concrete company. Yet again, I had to deal with the same sexist BS of my previous few jobs, and yet again, it toughened me up. You actually couldn't imagine some of the things that I have heard and uh, had said to me and done over the years. Some days I felt so out of my depth going into meetings with large commercial builders and developers discussing different concrete strengths and trying to win multi-million dollar contracts or even just dealing with concreters on site. It was an experience to say the least and uh, one I will never forget. I had a passion for interiors and I knew that I wanted to make a career out of it, but I didn't know how or what part of the industry I wanted to work in. My boyfriend at the time bought me home a newspaper clipping from a newspaper on the Sunshine Coast about a lady that was a property stylist. Wow, I could do that, I thought. When I first sold my little home back in 2009 and property styling was very new in Australia and certainly not heard of in my small uh, country town, I distinctly remember uh, the agents at the time saying that came through my little property when I was selling it. Now this is how a home should be presented for sale. And that comment stuck with me. I wasn't happy. I knew I was meant for more than the concrete job, but I couldn't find a job I wanted in my hometown. The universe knew this too, and myself and 1,100 other people from the company were made redundant. Gutted yet again, because it is a pretty crappy feeling and financially scary as I was single, just started seeing someone. So, you know, I was self very, had to be self-reliant. I also knew it was a blessing at the time. So just prior to being made redundant, I ended a rather three-year destructive relationship that also caused my health to decline. It had been a rough few years, not enjoying my work. My home life was much harder than it needed to be and my health was declining. Not long before I was made redundant, I started a short interior design course online. So armed with the knowledge of this, the cosmetic reno and the sale of my home under my belt and a hell of a lot of passion for the world of interiors, I decided to start my own interiors business. I went back to a number of the builders I used to look after at the concrete company and told them what I was up to. They loved the idea and three builders hired me to regularly do their color selections for their new builds. I started a relationship with the manager of a tile store and they let me use a small room in their store to house all my samples and run my color consults out of there. Next, it was real estate agents. I jumped on the phone to the agents I dealt with when I worked for the builder, trying to help clients source land to build on. And I managed to talk them into letting me drop by their sales meeting, armed with some A4 color printed brochures, a little bravado and a ton of nerves. To my surprise, uh, some of them actually thought it was a great idea and listed me to start decluttering, advising on minor cosmetic works and bringing in part styling to the property. I loved it. I finally felt like I'd found what I was meant to be doing and I was doing it for me and I was no longer doing it in a male dominated industry and you know, being dictated to. It just, it felt right. And as much as it felt right for me, I'm sure that it probably didn't for my girlfriend that I was living with at the time. It was one day she came home and the dining table and chairs were gone and a whole pile of homewares uh, shopping was on the floor in its place. Our cottage was both being taken over and completely stripped depending on the week. And stylists and stages, I know you know what I mean. So add to the challenge, Freedom had closed its doors in town and, you know, I think it was a year or two before and I had to make the two hour drive to Brisbane to purchase anything. We only really had pillow talk and spotlight from memory. Just before I was made redundant, so I'm going back and forth on a couple little bits here, but just before I was made redundant, a handsome young Italian from Melbourne came back into my life that I met at a work event in the motor industry some seven years earlier. 
So a little over a year into my business and 18 months into uh, dating him, I had to make a really tough decision and one that we'd been deliberating on for some time. Do I pack up my life business and say goodbye to my family and friends? Or do I just stay in this country town and, and this is my lot in life? You know what I did. I packed up and I moved because I knew that there was more out there for me. I made a snap decision. I actually made the decision in one of our favorite places at the Atlantic in Byron Bay and went, this is it. It wrapped up our life and my business and we were on the road within six weeks. And it was just as my business was starting to take off. And I found the first six months in Melbourne pretty hard, to be honest. I was lonely. It was freezing. I was used to living in the sunshine state. I couldn't find a job at first and because I'd always, you know, in my country town knew someone and it was just, it was easy, but it was definitely easier to sort of make a name for yourself in a smaller town. And I ended up working for, you know, one of Adrian's friends who was my, is my now husband and at a dealership he was managing in the interim and helping him out. So I approached my property manager once we'd moved to Melbourne and she connected me with the sales team. And I did a few installs for them, hiring pieces from a large company. I researched warehouses, stock, set up trade accounts. I was planning to start a styling business in Melbourne, but something just didn't feel right. And I pulled the pin just in time. There was one job I had in mind though. I remember saying to my mom three months before I left, if I ever move to Melbourne, I'm going to work for these guys because I think they're the best in the beers in my eyes. Also knowing just how unachievable that dream would be with the experience I had. But that didn't stop me emailing them almost every month trying to get my foot in the door. One day, about five months after the move, I was helping in a friend's retail store and I got a call to see if I could come in for a trial at my dream styling job. Fighting back tears, I managed a yes and I can start whenever. Wow, they saw something in this country girl with limited experience that had just moved to the big smoke. And I still remember them saying in my interview that they could see entrepreneurial qualities in me, which meant a lot to me because I just knew deep down that I always wanted to have my own business again. A lot of hard work and three months later, I was offered a full-time job. I was so proud and excited. I couldn't believe they chose me. I continued to work hard, learn and grow. And a year or so later, I was promoted to manager. I was blown away. And while I loved my job, the team I work with, the people I met and the properties I got to see all around Melbourne, like I truly loved it, but I was struggling. I was working long hours, pushing myself harder than I should have been. And the health issues that had been niggling at me for the last 10 years really stepped up and I wasn't well. Towards the end of 2016, my body basically gave up. I remember going to work with a brutal migraine because of the workload and I just didn't feel like I could stay home. And after lunch, the boss found me curled up beside my desk, just shaking. I was not in a good way. I now look back on this day as my rock bottom. I knew I needed to leave. I knew my body needed me to leave and I just had no idea what was next. I badly wanted to start my own business again and I didn't know in what capacity and I knew we absolutely could not afford for me to start one at that point in time. I started speaking with an up and coming young real estate agent that I was styling for and he was explaining to me that he was creating one of the most exciting new brands in real estate that I had seen. And I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to help him. It just, it felt like the best opportunity. So six months after that terrible day, I hung up my styling shoes for good, totally burnt out and popped on some heels and my own version of corporate attire and joined the team as office manager. The business was three months old when I started, so it was completely in setup stage. And I learned a lot about myself in this role that I didn't know previously. I didn't like spreadsheets and process, but something in me knew I had to create them for this office. So I set about creating the most thorough procedure manual I knew how, 
created a sales pipeline for the team to track all sales and settlements. So we knew we were at at any point in time. And I learned so much about brand and its power and presence from the director, which is something that I'll always be grateful for because he has the most incredible marketing brain that I've ever seen. And as much as I loved part of the role, I knew in my soul there was something bigger for me out there and I had no idea what it was. Almost six months in and I knew I had to leave. I knew it wasn't my passion and I just couldn't do it any longer. So I quit and I leapt without a safety net five months before our wedding, uh, which we could not afford me to not be earning. But Adrian trusted in me and he knew we'd work it out. He kept telling me to do a resume and my response was that I don't need one. What I'll be doing won't require one, even though I had no idea what I was going to do. I was right. Thank God. A week or so after leaving my job, I went to help someone that I knew that had a styling business. She'd just gotten a warehouse and was struggling with a number of areas of the business. I came home that night and said to Adrian, I'm going to start a consulting business to support property stylists and stages. It's such an intricate business model to figure out, but I so enjoy it. And I know how much I can help women in this industry. And I know how much impact that I can have because I understand the industry, the model, and I just absolutely love business. It's something that I thrive on. I had his full support and began supporting her in her business and worked with her for a couple of months. And while doing that, I also set about setting up and launching my own business in late 2017. I wanted to create for women something that wasn't available to me when I started my first business years ago and had to learn things the hard way from my mistakes. Two days after launching my business, one of my fave styling companies in Sydney booked me and flew me down to Sydney for five days to delve into her business and help her iron out some of her challenges. Again, I was blown away. Soon enough, the bookings started trickling in and I realized just how much my services were needed. And I learned very quickly that I love business and to an extent that it came relatively easily to me. The business was only three months old when I had to step away for two months for our wedding and honeymoon. And Adrian actually lost his job a couple of weeks before the wedding and it almost financially crippled us. Me with a brand new business that was barely making any money and Adrian without an income for up to 10 weeks. So the first five months did make building momentum hard. So I knew a website was the next step and what an overwhelming experience it is with no support and being a little unsure of your brand or what even needs to go onto a website. I couldn't afford a website, but I couldn't afford not to have one if I was to be taken seriously. And to my surprise, I invested and the business grew. And it was about that time I went in search of a mentor. I couldn't find anyone in Australia at the time as much as I tried. And I found a mentor who was also a spiritual psychologist in LA. It was the perfect fit. And I joined a three-month group mentoring program with a two-day retreat in LA. The mentoring itself was a high price and the stretch for us financially was very real. Not to mention the accommodation, flights to LA, uh, the exchange rate, which was pretty gross at the time. But within a couple of weeks of returning from LA, my business not only fully booked for the month, which I believe was was the first time that it ever happened, but it actually booked out for the next three months and has continued to be booked in advance from that day almost, I think it was two and a half years ago. Again, I invested and the business grew. Entering into my second year in business, I knew that there was more I could do to help women and I'd hit a bit of a crossroads. I really wasn't sure about the direction of my business and I was losing sleep. I really still loved helping property stylists and that's something that I still do and will continue to do, but I also knew there was more that I could do. So I decided to trust and that the answer would come and it did. A few months later, I had sessions within a week or two of each other with two of my ongoing clients that I'm still working with to this day. And I could see the struggles and challenges their home life, health, and the juggle of motherhood was taking on them. 
I knew I could help and that supporting women with what's going on on a deeper level and at home was my next step. So I again sat with it. I planned, I engaged a graphic designer and changed the business name from in-house stylist into my name, Kate Adamo, and the Instagram handle into life and business in flow because it felt like the perfect fit and I knew it would be the name of things to come in the future, namely this podcast, 18 months later. I was scared of the name change, I won't lie. Uh, Would people get it? Can I really help others in other industries? Will people understand what I do? But I knew I had to up level. And at the time of rebranding, I was creating a new website, onboarding my first ever virtual assistant, and we were setting up a really grown up fancy CRM system. Again, I invested and the business grew and continued to grow because people resonated and loved the additional support in the more ways that I was now offering. And I think it was also because it was truly, it's authentic and it's something that means so much to me. And I will share more about this in upcoming episodes, but I feel like it was really well received because I was truly sharing the message that had been inside me that I needed to get out. And while things were going really well with relative ease in my business, my personal life was struggling as a result of my health. It got much worse in 2018 and there were days when just getting out of bed was my biggest achievement. It was also at a time in my business that I was consulting six hours a day to the one client and doing one day audits of the business. Looking back, I don't know how I made it. I'll explain my health journey in an upcoming episode that's as it's too much to share today on top of the share I'm already doing. This is the first time I've even done this publicly. So there is more that I will share with my business and health journey over the coming months, but I really wanted to start with you getting to know me and a little bit about what I've done first. And, you know, sure, there's way more to that story and more curveballs, but I think that that gives you a good idea on some of the experiences that I've had, the resilience that I've had, the listening to my gut and knowing and trusting in the timing. So why am I telling you all this other than for you to get to know me? To let you know that it doesn't matter where you're at now, there is more out there for you. As long as you believe and take action, anything truly is possible. I can't tell you how many times I've either leapt or been pushed and just trusted that what was meant for me would find me. I know that everything I've done has led me to where I'm meant to be and this career has been 20 years in the making. It doesn't happen overnight and we all have our journeys to go on to lead us to where we're meant to be. And please don't ever think what you don't know now or where you're at ever stop you from becoming who you are supposed to be. Even though I somewhat fell into and grew into this role of mentor, it's not a role I take lightly and I'm so honored to support my clients and couldn't imagine doing anything else now, especially since seeing the huge impact it's had in so many people's lives. I do this to make a real change in my clients' lives because I know just how hard it can be. I've been fired, underpaid, made to feel like I was less than, not valued, had my boundaries repeatedly crossed and come out the other side stronger. All of it only fueled my fire to be self-sufficient, run my own business, have complete clarity and direction in my life and not let anyone take that away from me. I know that's not the case for a lot of women though. And sometimes they retreat, they go inwards and find it really hard to step out and share their voice and their message. I want to do everything I can to rebuild that. And I want to build my clients and communities worth and courage and self-belief to become the confident, empowered entrepreneurs that they deserve to be. So something else you should know about me before I go today is that I'm a huge planner. I've had a budget that gets updated regularly since I was about 20. I'm a huge manifester, have a mood board for our house. I don't just buy things ad hoc. It all has to be part of the plan. I'm a goal setter. I love doing vision boards and I believe that anything that we want to draw into our lives is possible. Some things just take a little longer than others. 
On that note, that's enough from me today. I'm honestly so happy to have taken yet another leap, met another edge and pushed forward launching this podcast into the world. I truly hope that you follow along. There's just so much I want to share to support you. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Please DM me on Instagram at Life and Business in Flow or leave a review. If you could go one step further and subscribe or share today's podcast on your socials, I'd be very grateful. Until next time, take care and thank you.